All right, Acts chapter 11, verse 22. Acts chapter 11, verse 22. Uh, this sermon is actually uh, more than 10 years old. But this sermon, despite of being 10 years old, I realize that it has always been proven true and a blessing to many people. So I've dug this up from my old files and I decided to resurrect this sermon. Uh, because I think that you'll get a blessing from this one. I don't want for some people who have not been here 10 years ago to miss out this blessing. Acts chapter 11, we'll read verse 22. <clears throat> then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all, uh, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Amen. Lord. Then Barnabas, uh, then departed, excuse me, not Barnabas, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves, uh, they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Uh, I apologize. I only had about four hours of sleep, so I'm not really paying attention well, so I apologize. If I slip up, just forgive me, okay? Uh, in this passage, in Antioch, Barnabas, he traveled that much of a distance. He reached that far. Because he reached that far, notice the blessing that Barnabas was able to see. In Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Mm -hmm. Paul was able to be encouraged and become a great apostle later on. And in verse 24, the Holy Ghost filling and blessing fell upon the place. Amen. And it always made me wonder, what if Barnabas, notice the wording at verse 22, the last part of verse 22. The wording is key here. What if Barnabas did not go as far as as far as to Antioch if he didn't make it that far he may have missed out all the blessings that you would have read at verse 23 24 25 and 26 in fact this was a powerful presence that became unrivaled for centuries it was the city of Antioch that was first called Christians it was the city of Antioch that was responsible for the manuscripts for our King James Bible. It was Antioch that was responsible for the soul winning and great evangelism during the early centuries while the Roman churches and pagan Alexandrian schools corrupted Christianity. It was Antioch. That was pivotal and key. <clears throat> and I just want to tell you this, is that if you Christians, I wonder, don't go as far as you should go, I wonder what things you would miss out from the Lord. Sometimes we need to see how far we can go. The title of my message is a question to you. How far did you go? Amen. Let's pray. God, my Father, please fill within me the power of your Holy Spirit and wash away my sins with your blood. Help me to preach in power and in might and make this change people's lives and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, now, <clears throat> my first point is far enough to behold God's presence. Far enough to behold God's presence. Uh, look at verse 23. Who when he came and had seen the grace of God. So notice that because Barnabas went as far as he should go to Antioch, he was able to behold and see God's presence working 
within the church. And I believe this is that if we were to constantly behold God's presence, then we can be able to go as far as we should go. Sometimes going far enough, uh, that's my first point, far enough to behold God's presence. Sometimes we don't go as far enough as we should, right? But what can be helpful, the Bible says, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, notice that Paul, he was able to go far enough, press toward the mark in his race for the highest calling of God. Why? Because he's beholding the distance between him and God. Now, people don't bother to go far for God. Because they behold how far the distance is between them and God. That's the thing. And uh, let's be honest, we do get discouraged. And sometimes you don't think like you're the ideal Christian that you should be. And sometimes you feel like that you got a long ways to go, so why bother, right? Why bother to serve God or try to strive? But the thing is this, is that you're looking at such a huge gap and distance between you and God. You're looking at the gap, you're not looking at God. You're beholding the distance which contains discouragement, bleakness, and depression. You're looking at the distance. You're not looking at the Savior. And that's what you need to do. You need to behold God's presence. You know, runners, good runners, they do not behold the gap. They do not just keep looking at the gap and get despaired. They behold the finish line. They keep looking at the prize. Their focus is on the prize, and that keeps them keep up with the pace it encourages them to take one more step and to keep running and to not quit you know how they encourage themselves they don't encourage them they don't discourage themselves by saying oh you're so far behind you have to be do this much for the lord and you couldn't even do this much for the lord no they don't do that they encourage themselves by saying just a little more amen just a little more i'm getting closer to the finish line Oh, but I'm so far away. Well, at least I'm closer to the finish line then than back then. I'm getting closer to the finish line. And I think, my friend, that if you are to able to just keep looking at the prize and keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and keep looking at the Savior, how much he's gracious to you, merciful to you, despite of how many times you let him down and how much he loves you and how he can use great things despite of the little things that you've done in your life. If you're to just keep your eyes on God himself and not the gap, then you can encourage yourself, wow, this is awesome that I was able to accomplish this one thing for the Lord. Just do a little more. Wow, this is awesome that I conquered this sin, that I conquered this sin for one day. Let me try a little more. It's so encouraging that I won one soul to salvation. Let me try just a little more. It's so encouraging coming to church and to participate in the fellowship. Let me try a little more. Amen. Just a little more. Keep looking at Jesus Christ and not at the gap. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 through 3 says, Wherein in time past he walked (coughs) according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. In this passage, Paul mentions that in the past, we walked our walk, and the distance that we went went far for is to the course of Satan. And this wicked world. 
you're unable to go far for God. Uh, some of you can't walk far for Jesus. And you get discouraged and you feel like, well, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm not made for that, Pastor. I'm just different from you. And see, that's your problem. You're again looking at gaps and distances and comparing yourselves with other people. And you can't be doing that. You got to realize you have the ability to go further than what you think that you can go. You can go far for the Lord. You might say, how so? Because in the past, you walked pretty far for the devil. I mean, you had all that motivation, all that drive to go far for the devil. If you have that kind of grit in you, you can do it for Jesus Christ. The thing is, see, the reason why you can go that far for the devil but not for Jesus Christ is because your heart's at the wrong place. It's that simple. Your heart is in your fleshly desires rather than spiritual desires. Your uh, heart is in sinful habits rather than spiritual habits. Your heart is upon worldly friends rather than godly friends. Your heart is in worldly things rather than things up above. Your heart is in the ways of the devil rather than in the ways of God himself. And if you were to set your affection upon that one, the motivation and the drive becomes natural where you go a little more and a little more. And a little more. And a little more. Amen. Amen. Trust me, you can go far for God. You can go the distance. Because you went pretty far for the devil. You went pretty far for the devil before you got saved. I'm sure you can do it for the Lord. You got it in you. But the thing is, you need to change your heart. You need to change your affections. And that's done by beholding at the things up there, at the Lord and Savior, rather than the things down here. Rather than just looking at the gap and the gap. You're just looking at the bottom. You got to look at the top. You know, just that, like that runner, if you just keep looking at the ground and look at that distance and you get discouraged and you're like, that's a long way. If you just keep looking at the prize and you're like saying, I can see it a little more. Oh, it's looking bigger. Oh, it's getting closer. And see, that's what happens. And the motivation and the drives become real. And you can go much further than you thought. Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 2, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus. See, if you behold God, the Bible says that your race, your running, the, the distance you go is better. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, you're unable to go far for God because your mind is looking and focusing at other things rather than Jesus. It's that simple. You know, the problem is this. uh, When you, you know, People are focusing on, well, I'm just too busy. Well, you know, I've got this kind of things going on in my life. Well, you know, the world is, uh, I can't just give up the things that I have in this world. It's so precious to me. And, you know, serving God is pretty difficult. And see, you're focusing on the wrong things. And they become an interference. See, listen up now. The only reason why you can't go far for the Lord is not because that you can't go far for the Lord. You can do it. Well, I'm still so slow. I got a long ways. No matter. You can go far for the Lord. The only thing, and I strongly believe this, that prevents you from going far further for the Lord is if something were to hinder you. See, you allow the hindrances to come into your life. And hindrances such as the world, the flesh, and the devil, you allow them to come, and that prevents your progress from growing. See, you're learning how to do soul winning, but something hindered you. You're getting more along in fellowship, but something's hindering you. You're getting more close in church because you're attending. You're growing in Bible study classes and in the preaching. You're improving spiritually, 
I mean, you may have a long way to go, but you're improving. But see, then the devil sends a hindrance, and that prevents you from attending church. I strongly believe it's a hindrances. Hindrances. Because why? Your focus is on that roadblock, on a detour sign, when that detour sign does not exist, and you can just walk past through that. You're looking at a sign that says detour, detour, and a red light that says stop, stop, and that's what prevents you from going further. You stop. You've halted. I mean, you got to... This is common sense. When you're focusing, beholding, and thinking about something, you can't focus on two things. It's one. So that's the thing. You got to realize this. If you're focusing on the things of this world, wrong things, while you're focusing on serving God and doing this, that's why you're not progressing. You're not progressing because uh, you cannot behold God's presence. You can't focus. You can't think properly when there are two things. No, it's only just one. When you're thinking about something, it should be one. If you don't believe me, then you try preaching a message while thinking about something else. I know I can't do that, okay? If I start doing that, then I can't focus <laughs> on my sermon and I can't preach to you. See, you can't do that. Focus, true focus, true looking at the right things is when it's one thing, not two. Not two. But the devil makes it worse. It's not just two. He puts five and ten in your mind, don't he? Oh, worry about this, worry about that, and there's this problem, and oh, there's bitterness right here, and the world is too big and precious, and it's hard for your flesh. See, the devil just likes to cram your brain with 50,000 things in your mind that should not even exist in your mind. It should be just Jesus Christ. That's the reason why you live in fear, depression, misery, because all of that relate to a bunch of different things that make it complicated, when it should be just one. Make it simple. Just look at what God says in his word. That's it. People, they've been looking at worldly pleasures. That's why they fell out of the race. They're not focusing on Jesus. They've been focusing on lack of results rather than Jesus. That's why they fell out of the race. People have been focusing on harshness of sufferings rather than focusing on Jesus. That's why they fell away. People have been focusing on accomplishments of self, me, 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 what I can do, etc. And that becomes a hindrance and a roadblock where you should be focusing on Jesus instead using you. Amen. Faults of fellow brethren, you've been focusing on that one. And because of that, it's been preventing you from focusing on Jesus himself. See, the point of San Jose Bible Baptist Church is not as long as Pastor Kim just does a good job. It should be because God wants you to be here. That's Amen. It. Second point is far enough to boost God's presence. Far enough to boost God's presence. Uh, we're going to look at verse 24. The Bible says, For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Amen. Notice that because he went far enough as he should, he got that boost from God's presence. Full of the Holy Ghost, right? Man, that's quite a boost. Amen. Don't you want that in your life? First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that uh, beateth the air. Some, You know, Paul, he mentions that he runs, but not with uncertainty. He fights, but not just for nothing, just uh, hitting the air, but it's hitting on target. Some despair about not being boosted all over with God's presence. And they're not running. 
as much as they should. Like the Apostle Paul. I mean, Paul's a runner. He accomplished great feats for the Lord. And you're not like that. And especially when you compare yourselves with other people in the church, why bother? And then it becomes discouraging for you. But that's the problem. Your problem is, that's why you're in despair, is that God never said that you start out by running. Now, that might be a little bit off, but I think I'm on the mark here. Paul was able to run. He had the ability to run well because he practiced a lot of walking before. You know, none of you could run. I'm serious. None of you could run unless you didn't practice walking before. Until you learn to walk, then you are able to run. Amen. You all have to understand that. Amen. And that's the thing is that God says at Galatians 5.16, you need to understand this. The Bible never said run in the spirit. It said walk in the spirit and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible calls our life the Christian walk, not the Christian run. Now, it is true that the Christian life is a marathon and a race, but you can't get there until you experience the walk. See, you never ran yet because you didn't even start walking. So don't be discouraged and don't be in despair and you're like, oh, why bother? No, look, God says walk. So what am I asking you to do? I'm not asking you to win. I'm not asking you to lead a soul to salvation tomorrow. I'm asking you, just come to our visitation and you don't have to say a word. Just come, drop by and then let us do the witnessing and just watch and see. Amen. Amen. You know, just uh, take one track and then hand it at, uh, leave it behind at a restaurant. After you're done eating. Amen. You know, uh, I'm, uh, don't, you don't have to read as many chapters of the Bible like I do. Just open up that book and try to read at least a couple verses. And then see where it's going to take you. Just, just, just try at least a couple. All right? Walk a bit. All right? You know, uh, the prayer list, you may have failed in your prayer life and uh, fell behind on who to pray for. Pick out ten people. Pick out 10 people and pray for them. And then the next day, do the next 10 people. And by the end of the week, you pray for all the missionaries and the people in our church. See, I mean, the thing is, is that just uh, walk. Walk. Don't be discouraged about running, boosting. Just be encouraged to at least walk. And I guarantee you, you'll eventually run and be boosted all over with the presence of the Holy Spirit. But that can only happen if you walk. Will you please just uh, get your butt out of your seat and just take that one step for the Lord like you should? We're not asking you to conquer Goliath. We're just asking you to just pick up one stone and put it on a sling for us. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as he see the day approaching. See, how far did you go for the Lord? Well, I won souls, Pastor. I read through the Bible. I've done my encouragement to others. Uh, I prayed like I should. But guess what? The Bible says we should boost it into more. We should boost it into more. You might say, why? Because that verse says Jesus is coming soon. Now, especially at this time, you're like wondering the rapture can happen any moment now. I mean, we're living at an unprecedented time that we have never seen before in history. I mean, it's like any moment the new world order can start and the rapture can occur. 
So you got to realize that that's the reason why you got to boost more for the Lord. Pray like you never prayed before. Witness like you never witnessed before. Read the Bible like you've never read as much before. And if you uh, haven't ran yet, then you need to start walking now. When you walk, then you can accomplish more things later on. And if you're the one that's running, you don't stop. You boost more. And you need to boost more. You know one thing problem is with people? Listen up now. Some of you, you do plan. You do know that all the things that the pastor talked about, I should accomplish them in my life. And yeah, I'm, I'm planning to. And, you know, these are important for me. But the problem is this. You don't have time to do it in your life. You don't have time. Your problem is, yes, I know I need to do it and I have to do it. But then you have an unconscious automatic assumption where you're thinking that some time in your life you'll be able to accomplish it. Or some moment, some day in your life, you've got to accomplish these things for the Lord. But you got to realize this, you don't have time. And the rapture could happen tomorrow. And this could be your last day. This was your last day for the Lord. What, what are you going to try to make up for him now? See, you got to realize this, you don't have time. That verse says that he's coming soon. So that's the reason why you got to boost more for the Lord. Amen. I mean, if you have a plan, an ideal of a man, I have an ideal prayer life. I have an ideal witnessing life. I have an ideal way how I'm going to help this ministry. Yes, even for some of you who want to help out our ministry, being trained by me, etc., coming to soul winning. I have an ideal way of souls getting saved and growing and teaching and all that. Guess what? You don't have time. Because you don't have time, it's so important that you got to do more and start doing things now before it's too late. And then you can be finally boosted all over with the mighty presence of God if you did more praying and more reading the Bible, more witnessing, more church attendance, and more conquest of sin, and it just doesn't stop there. And then you do even more Bible reading and even more prayer and even more soul winning and even more ministering, and it doesn't stop right there. And you do even more of that and more of that, and then God the Holy Spirit is practically leaking out of your life. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 says, Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? You know, Paul says, man, you ran well, but somebody hindered you. What hindered you so that you don't grow? Some of you have never boosted yourself all over with God's mighty presence. Because you never made yourself clear the hindrances. Remember those roadblocks I talked about? You can't just say, oh, until the roadblock's gone. No, the roadblock ain't going to leave when the devil leaves it there. When your flesh want, leaves it there. When the world leaves it there. The roadblock is cleared when you kick out that detour sign and you violate that stop red light and just go. That hindrance, whatever it is, it will remain and it will stay. And that's its goal and purpose. Don't you realize that? The goal and purpose of the hindrance is so that you don't grow. That's the goal. So because that's the purpose, you need to fight against that. Do you not realize it? You have to resist it. You have to conquer it. You have to attack it because it is intended to stay there and not budge and stick with you and make sure you don't grow in your Christian walk. So you need to fight back and you need to clear the hindrance. Amen. 
it's obvious you should clear away the hindrances. Why? Because then you're going to still stay, stay the same you as you are right now. Amen. Right Amen. now, you're all doing the same thing. Why? Because there's, you know there's a hindrance. Whether it be job, whether it be school, whether it be people around you, or whether it's something in your heart that you did not settle with the Lord, or you're just being flesh. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is, and if you keep it there, then guess what? It will stay there, and guess what? You're going to park it there, and guess what? You're going to be in parking mode for a long time and stick in that zone, and that prize is further and further away from you. That's right. Amen. Clear that hindrance right now. Amen. Oh, the gap is too great. That's your excuse. No, the gap is shorter when you start even walking. The hindrance, the bigger issue is your hindrance. That's the real reason. That's the real excuse is that hindrance. And you need to clear that away. You need to fight against that. You need to resist. My third point is far enough to bring God's presence. Far enough to bring God's presence. Look at verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled to, uh, themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Did you go as far as you can where you bring God's presence in your life. And that's what happened is that Barnabas was able to bring God's presence to the people in the church, to the Apostle Paul, because he went a little further. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is very clear, and we all know that verse. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It makes a pastor smile when 90% of the members can quote that. When you go to other churches and they don't know what that verse is. We all fall short of God's presence. That's pretty obvious from that verse, right? So that's why we need to go farther. And we can't just stop and think that, oh, I'm far enough. No, no matter how spiritual you are, and this pastor is the same. And I preach this against every pastor too. What everyone should know is that we have not made it far enough for the Lord. Why? Because we always fall short. Right. For all have sinned and come short. And that includes the greatest, most holy man or pastor in the world. Amen. Amen. And don't ever think that you are far enough. No. Do more for the Lord. Why? Go further and further and you bring more of God's presence. You can go a little further. If you don't know how to go farther in your holy life, in your walk, then here's the simple thing you need to do, okay? If you think that uh, you've done everything and that there's nothing more you can do or this is it, why don't you pray for God to show you what you need to do more to be more holy like him? Why won't you pray for that, huh? Because you don't want it then. Then you're back at... You're, what's the difference with you and a person... What's the difference with a soul winner, a person who attends church faithfully, reads the Bible, prays faithfully? What's the difference with this person and the other person who doesn't read the Bible, doesn't attend church, doesn't win a soul? You both have the commonality of just being hindered and stuck where you are. You stopped. You're just in different levels, that's all. But you both share the same thing. You stopped. No, press on. 
It proves you don't want to go far for God if you don't want to pray that. Some of you are even afraid to pray for it. Why are you afraid to pray for something where you please the Lord, where you make your life better? When you're content to be in the level you're in, then guess what you're at? That shows you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. Why? Because I'm in hot, but I don't want to be that hot. I want to stick to where I'm at. You know, I may not be that hot, just slightly cold, but I, I, I'm not that, I don't want to be that hot. That, see, that's in between. Then what are you? Lukewarm. Lukewarm. You're a lukewarm Christian. Amen. You think a lukewarm Christian is uh, the typical type of people in mega churches, and you're more spiritual than those people, huh? So you think they're lukewarm and not you. No, you're, you're the same thing like them. Amen. You don't want to get hot for the Lord. You want to stick in the middle. There was a Persian fable that said, One day a wanderer found a lump of clay, so redolent of sweet perfume, its odor scented all the room. What art thou? was his quick demand. Art thou some gem from Samarkand or Spikenard in this rude disguise or other costly merchandise? Nay, I am a but a lump of clay. Then whence this wondrous perfume say, Friend, if the secret I disclose, I have been dwelling with the rose. So the uh, point of this fable, for some of you who understood, is that this lump of clay was uh, confused as, wow, you're just a lump of clay, but there's something different about you. You smell nice. I mean, are you a rose in disguise or what is it? But the lump of clay said, I have been just dwelling with the rose. That's why I smell that nice. That's why uh, I kind of fooled you. But see, that's the problem is that uh, it's the same thing with you is that you think you're a worthless lump of clay. That's what you think of yourself as. When you compare yourself to God and somebody more spiritual or something more spiritual than you, you think you're just a worthless lump of clay. But you got to realize it doesn't matter how much of a worthless clay you think you are. You can be the closest thing to bring God's presence to others. Why? Uh, if you just uh, keep dwelling with the rose. Just be with the rose. And when you're, uh, that, who's the rose of Sharon? That's Jesus Christ. See, you haven't been uh, abiding in him. You've been more abiding in self and the flesh. In the world just abide with jesus and when you abide with jesus then you become more like jesus and you know what christian is it means little christ basically a person's you know what your life should be it should be to a point where you live so uh where you abide in jesus and then you become uh, more like jesus and you act more like jesus and to a point where even the world itself will confuse you to be jesus you know why I mean by that? I don't mean like you're God Almighty, etc., but they should confuse you like, wow, this guy is too holy for me. If Jesus was on this earth, he'd do something like you do. There are some people who say that about Christians. Why? Because they've been living close to Christ. You see, this uh, lump of clay, he was confused to be the rose when he was actually not. He said, no, I'm just a lump of clay. But the reason why he thought that I'm a rose is because I've been dwelling with the rose. Be more like Jesus Christ. 
And if you become more like Jesus Christ, how he would think, how he would act and do things in the right way, then what would happen more and more is that your, your mindset, your attitude and character and everything would change more and you can be and you can go a little further for God. If you're not going further for the Lord, then I question your mentality and your heart if you're really trying to imitate Jesus Christ, if you're trying to follow his footsteps and trying to uh, do what he would do things. You have to set your mind on Jesus Christ. Amen. There was once a little child who returned from Sunday school and her mother asked, what did you learn? She said, uh, the child said, don't you know, mother? One day, Enoch and God went for an extra long walk. And they walked on and on and on until God said to Enoch, you're a long way from your worldly home. You had better just come up with me and stay. And he went. That's what I learned in Sunday school, Mom. The thing is this, is that if we try to act the way Jesus Christ would act and try to just simply abide in him, what happens is, is that you're walking further and further now. And you're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. You're reaching more and more to the prize and to the attainment where God wants you to attain things in life. But let's be honest. We don't think that, I could be wrong, but 99% of us, I don't think that we, I don't think that we think we went as far as we should go. We feel like that we didn't go as far as we should go. Right. I could dare say that about 99% of the people here. Amen. Amen. But you know, just by following Jesus Christ and just simply abiding in him, and it's step by step, right? It's a walk. And there are moments you ran. Some of you are sprinting. But you know that deep down inside your heart, you didn't go as far as you should go for the Lord. But one day as you keep holding Jesus Christ's hand, you know, abiding in him, walking with him, like Enoch, right? Just going on the path and just walking on and on and on and on. But then you get so lost in Jesus Christ and then you look behind you and then you go, I didn't know I, we covered this many miles, Lord. We walked this far and Jesus said, oh, we walked that far. We walked that far. One day you just get so lost in Christ just trying to follow his example, not paying attention to things around you. And you always thought that you can't go as far as you should for the Lord. But one day he might rapture you home. And up in heaven, when you go up with him, God's going to say, Hey, we walked a long distance, didn't we? <laughs> and, we're like, and you're like, Yes, Lord. And then God's like, But you actually don't know how far you went. Look behind you. Now I look behind the track that I stepped, and my, my, it, we covered miles of lands already. We walked and conquered so many roadblocks and hindrances together. And then as I look back, I'm actually surprised how far away I am actually from the world. I thought that I wasn't walking as far as I should, and that I still have some worldliness and sin in my life. But one day, 
God might show me and give me a surprise on, and he might surprise you on, look how far you went. And you'll be surprised on how much closer you are to God and further away from the world. And one day Jesus might smile at you and say, you know, you are only just a little far from me. You're actually this close to me. And then you might shed grateful tears and he'll wipe them away from your eyes. And you'll be forever glad that you just went what? You just went a little, a little more further. A little more further for the Lord. I never said that you ran the distance and you completed great feats. You just went a little further. And then when you look back behind you, you'd be amazed. Look. I'm sure a lot of us might be in surprise on how much we didn't accomplish as much as we should. But I also believe how we would be surprised on how much we did accomplish, how much far we went for the Lord. You know, when I began this message, my question to you was, how far did you go? That was the title of my message. As I finish my message, my question to you now is this, how far Will you go? Every head bow and every eye shut. The altar call is open. Will you go further for the Lord? Will you go further for the Lord? How far did you go? Not much, Pastor, not much. Well, this time, how much will you go for him? We're not looking for great Bible-believing Christians who accomplish great feats and who has a perfect record of soul winning, uh, abs abstinence from sin, and uh, church attendance, etc. That's not what God is looking for. Just a little further, a little further, step by step. Walk with him. Let him uh, hold his hand as he hold yours. Just walk. You'd be surprised. You'd be so much surprised how much further you went for the Lord. Sure, you're bad. We all, we all know you're bad, but you're not as bad as you thought you was now. Why? You just went a little, and then a little, and then a little more. Some of you may have ran so many miles, but guess what? It doesn't change the fact with even a beginning Christian. You need to walk a little more. A little more. Why don't we commit ourselves today with a little bit more prayer? To the person who prayed two hours, maybe pray a little bit more often. To the person who's struggling with prayer life, just pray for about two minutes before you go to sleep. We all need to go a little further. One more tract, huh, today? <laughs> one more soul today, shall we? Let's add one more meeting to attend in church in my book. Oh, why don't I add one more hour of time to spend in fellowship with the brethren? Why don't I add one more verse to read in the Bible? Just one more. 
if I'm a person who is a good Bible reader, why not one more chapter with him? Let me, let me go a little further with you, Jesus. The greatest thing in our lives would be when we all go to heaven and we see and we look behind us and we're surprised, wow, I changed so much. <laughs> I came a long way. I can't believe uh, how many things I accomplished for him. Wow. Especially in one of the worst day and ages we live in, in Laodicea, we're really at the bottom. So for a person to attend a Bible-believing church, you'd be surprised. That is such a vast improvement from your life before. In the liberal Bay Area, especially, especially with the task where we're now ministering around the world, we have our own blowout with great preachers and people who are much more spiritual than this pastor and our church. We came such a long ways, haven't we? We started out with two, and it stuck in two. And I always thought that I've done something wrong. Wow, what a long way we've pulled. The best is yet to come. See what happens later on. God, my Father, I pray today's preaching has touched and changed people's lives. And Heavenly Father, we did not go as far as we should for you. And uh, we need to go a little further. But Heavenly Father, we'd be surprised when we go up to heaven how far we did go for you. Because we had the right mentality. The right mentality is that every single one of us, no matter how low our spiritual walk is or how high our spiritual walk is, we all have the mentality of just going a little further, a little more for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.